0: This is where we meet sharing conversations from New Mexico and beyond. I'm Chelsea Reedy and the show is supported by the National Endowment for the Humanities. Taos Center for the Arts would like to recognize that it operates on the homelands of the Red Willow people of Taos Pueblo. We'd like to honor the ongoing dedication and importance of native and indigenous cultures within our community and within the land we live, learn, and exist on. In this episode, we speak with David Rocchio, an attorney, writer, and Emmy-nominated filmmaker. In 2013, Rakio co-founded Stowe Story Labs, a nonprofit dedicated to bringing top emerging screenwriters, filmmakers, and creative producers from around the world together to help get their projects made and seen. In 2015, Rakio wrote, produced, and directed a short movie called The Brothers that brought him to the short film corner of the Cannes Film Festival. There, he met David Pope, a screenwriter and script consultant who would become Rakio's partner in founding Stowe Story Labs. Stowe Story Labs is currently partnered with the New Mexico Film Office in launching a training program for emerging New Mexican screenwriters. Here's Alice Morion in conversation with David Rocchio.
1: My first question is really about the origin of your interest um, about movies and cinema. And I believe that your father um, would take you to the movies when you were a child. And that's really What ignited your love um, for cinema? And he is also the one who got your first screenplays. And I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit how that relationship that your father had with movies um, brought you to be interested or to love um, this art.
2: Yes, my dad was really instrumental. And I think he saw in me that I had a real appreciation for film. And because he's such a good teacher, he pulled out of me. Um, and ask questions, you know, Socratic method. So um, why do you think Gene Hackman walked up those steps? And why do you think that car pulled into the lot this way? I mean, he took me to see the French Connection when I was way too young to see the French Connection. (laughs) And it did stick with me, sort of an ability to see uh, film uh, both through the lens of how do you build it and also through the lens of how do you make it really fantastic. And we logged a lot of time watching movies. it was a great phase of my life. I then went on and did different things. I'm an attorney and practice law for a very long time. And my last job as an attorney, I was Howard Dean's uh, legal counsel. He was governor of Vermont before he ran for president. And uh, that put the brakes on my law career. I told Howard I'd stay in the office till the end of his term. But after that, I was going to make a run for it. And um, so I became active in developing my own work after that and I'm still in the pursuit of that.
1: And is that, um, is that when you produced that first um, short film that brought you to Cannes?
2: Uh, that was several years after. I continue to work, like I, I, I have a family, and, and part of my process, even with the participants we work with, is if you're making independent cinema in America, and you're not able to strike that um, you know, gold, stri- gold strike, um, if you, you, know, you don't reach the brass ring, um, you're always going to have to do other things. So, but I made that short film in around 2010 and screened at Cannes 2012-ish. And that's when I really saw the value of the workshops and met David Pope.
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that because I read that you met at Cannes and then you met again, at, I think, at the Rotterdam uh, Film Festival. And I'm wondering how that conversation about um, writing workshops and screenwriting went between you two.
2: That's a really good question. And my 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 opinion about workshops always was do the work yourself and, and just keep it close. Um, and when I, I had the opportunity at can to do workshops cause I had a film in there, the workshops were free. And I, I, uh, went to uh, a few and David ran one on pitching and it was fantastic. And he and I had a good conversation after, and then I did markets. I was at the strategic partnership market at, um, in uh, uh, New Brunswick, and uh, was invited to the Cinemart market at uh, the Rotterdam Film Festival. And I'd also done an emerging screenwriting program at Berlin Alley, and, and I saw the value of it. And then David and I, he happened to be running the producer's lab in Rotterdam when I was there for cinemark And we had Chinese food one night, and I pitched him on the idea of doing a small lab here in stowe Vermont. And this, where I'm sitting, is the Helen, or the it's, the names have changed. It's The Current, which is a fine art, um, contemporary art center in, in uh, Stowe that does a lot of education. So we're sort of in a hub of creativity in this little village. And we started the program here in 2013.
1: Oh, cool. Thank you. Uh, I'm wondering if you could talk a little more about what is the film industry um how, how is it working, and why is it relevant to have workshops for people that are emerging and coming into that industry? What do you hope to to bring to them or to change within that big framework?
2: So in other countries, there's support for independent cinema through uh, grants and bursaries and um, different finance structures and tax credit structures that encourage um, art to get made outside of a commercial studio system and i think that's fantastic we do not have that in the united states there's no place for emerging independent artists to go to get public support for the work um, within the studio system the film schools i think do a very good job of of feeding the studios with emerging talent uh, but the barrier to entry for those schools based on costs and commitment of time, let alone the ability to, to be admitted, um, the barrier to entry to those programs is very high. And then to go to Los Angeles or New York and work as a PA or in a mail room or an agency and doing those entry level positions, you have to have funding outside of your job. There's no way to, to really enter the industry without um, doing work uh, for less than what it costs to live in those centers. Um, so that lack of development opportunity for emerging independent artists um, is a setback and it narrows the band of what gets seen because the stuff that gets developed is stuff that has more immediate and apparent commercial appeal. And I understand that and I'm not opposed to that, but I'm hoping that what we're doing is creating an opportunity for artists with a, a really good vision but maybe not the tools they need to enter the collaborative art to get access and be able to break through with their work. The other thing I'd say is my own personal journey, um, it takes a while for some people like me to realize the creation of film is a collaboration. It's not writing a novel or a poem. That if I wanted to be a poet, I could write it and then I'd be done. But as a filmmaker, You need to be able to share your work and have it grow and change. I just finished a short film. I did not direct it. Fantastic director, really wonderful crew. The set designers changed the story. The actors changed the story. The editor changed the story. It's still a fantastic story, Uh, but you need those other inputs to make it a film. Otherwise it's just, a long poem sitting on your desk.
1: Is the work you do focused on the screenwriting part of that collaborative work, or is it really touching on all the different aspects and how to connect somebody with the idea, the original idea, to the rest of the collaborators that they're going to need and kind of learn how that happens?
2: So I think we do both. We, I think we actually do three things. The first thing we do is we help the writer develop skills and craft and ideas to make the script better and to work on the story and maybe uh, think of new ways to tell the story. Uh, you know, Why this story? Why now? Why you? And, and how to use those questions to make the story as good as it possibly can be. We also expose writers to different points of view. So one of our great mentors, and she's been working with us, this is our 10th year, And she's been working with us from the beginning is a casting director. Her name is Ellen Parks. She casts sideways. I mean, she's fantastic. But the questions she asked me about the story were so different because the audience she's thinking about is the audience of actors who might want to be in your Mm -hmm. film. And we have editors come and we have uh, sound designers come and people who write scores for films. And we have uh, directors come and producers. And so the input, screenwriters get on their work comes from the different audiences that they're going to have to not only reach but have get really excited Mm -hmm. about the work Um, and I think that's important and then the third thing we do is help then then take the steps to develop the project so work on pitch books and understanding how to get attachments and how to have those conversations and advance the work.
1: I see so it's really practical in how you know, to develop your work, to get it out and to connect with where it's going to go. Um, and I, I wonder, do you also work on the the first phase of that writing? And how do you help um, emerging artists, writers to write for cinema? Because I, I was reflecting on, on that work. And, you know, movies are such a combination of, of diversity of art forms. There's movement, there's images, there's sound, there's, you know, the dialogues and all that. And I feel like, that probably takes a specific approach um, versus, you know, writing a novel. A screenplay must um, include so many different aspects that you don't have there. Do you, do you also um, work on that with them?
2: Yes, we do. Like one thing that comes to mind while we're talking is in the lab, we do a big uh, section on subtext. So we work with artists to see different ways to move the story forward without using words coming out of a person's mouth that are directly related to the advancement of the story. And we dig really deep on that. And we show examples and we talk it through and we talk about um, the different ways people in stressful situations use defense mechanisms to avoid the thing they're talking about. And, And we've come up with, I think, a very good process to have people have a high appreciation of subtext in film. And as I was talking about, we have people come in and talk about sound and talk about editing all the other elements that make the film become a film. How are you going to use color? What, what if for writer-directors, um, you know, what, what look and feel do you want on the uh, image? And to focus on the script in the sense of, um, how are you going to make it bring out imagery, not just um, two people talking? One of our mentors is a fantastic producer, Jonathan Duffy, and he brought a film to the festival. Uh, called "Sound of Silence" with Peter Sarsgaard and Rashida Jones, and it's about uh, the sto- The basic objective story is a man whose career is helping people understand how the sound in their their apartments and how the sound in New York affects mood. Um, and, um, and the work he does is not a real thing, but in the context of the movie, they use the silence and the sound of the story to bring you through this emotional journey with these two characters, that's fantastic. And we try to expose artists to all the things that need to go on to make a cinematic experience um, brilliant.
0: This is where we meet sharing conversations from New Mexico and beyond. David Rocchio, the director of the Stowe Story Labs, is our guest today. Stowe Story Labs is a Vermont-based organization that offers workshops and retreats to emerging screenwriters and filmmakers to help get film and TV projects made and seen. In 2022, the Stowe Story Labs launched a partnership with the New Mexico Film Office called New Voices New Mexico. Thanks to this program, 13 New Mexican fellows joined Stowe Story Labs in Taos and online in developing the many elements of screenwriting and filmmaking. Here's David Rocchio.
2: We've been working with the New Mexico Film Office for over a year, uh, working to put a year and a half at least, working to put it together. The idea was to come up with a program that would be supported by the film office and we um, do a wide reach and look for artists who just don't get opportunities like this full stop. Their background just wouldn't support them being able to do this level of work. And they're working on great stories. They, they have great ideas and the application process otherwise is exactly the same interesting people working on interesting stories that deserve mm-hmm. to told, but maybe uh, life has just put them in a situation where they're not going to be able to advance it and um, we had 200 applicants we selected 10 projects i think three of the projects are teams of two so they're 13 people and the program is we're running a we ran a three-day lab in taos um, we took them through the process, as I described, for our labs. They're now going to do a, um, a month long online writing program with my colleague, David Pope. At the end of that program, they're going to have a draft of what they're working on. And then we're going to all go back to New Mexico and run a writer's retreat. The retreats are um, focused very much on the script. So at the lab, as we talked about, they expose people to all different aspects of the industry and the collaborative art and how to think in terms of all that collaboration when you're writing the script. At the retreat, each writer gets, uh, in the New Mexico program, they'll get two one-on-one, one-hour script note meetings with two different mentors. They'll get some group content, little little lectures and in-conversation interviews and panels. Um, they'll have peer groups and they'll work through the scripts and focus each day. They'll focus on a different person's script and they'll write a lot. <laughs> they'll come out of that retreat with really good notes and a start on doing a revision that's going to re- lead to a, a really advanced second draft.
1: Thank you. So you mentioned that you were here in Taos with the 13 fellows not long ago. Could you share some exciting details about that work with us?
2: Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I'll start by saying Taos is exactly the right place to do this kind of work. Taos is the kind of town that opens up your synapses to thinking and imagination and creativity. I, I had not been there before and, and uh, absolutely loved it. I'm in another ski town in a different part of the country. And uh, being in a ski town that's authentic and the, um, the place just sort of hummed with exactly the kind of energy you want for this kind of work. So being in Taos itself, I think was good. Um, uh, We all got together. Uh, You know, the the idea of imposter syndrome, uh, you know, uh, the idea that you don't belong. uh, There was a lot of that. And we got through that really quickly. And uh, we we spent time on um, uh, character development. Structure, but we're not driven by structure. We don't want people to feel That certain things have to happen on certain page counts, and you need to, uh, you know, have your inciting incident on page twelve and your midpoint on page forty-five. We're not. We want people need to understand structure, but they should feel free to play with it. Um, Character development, tone, subtext, um, uh, theme. um, We're we're much more focused on character and theme than we are on uh, structure and plot. and we worked with them uh, directly and the peer groups also um, dug into story. And the artists were coming to us, some of them with ideas, some of them with drafts, but not all of them had drafts. And uh, you could see their, their eyes open a little wider every day.
1: That's awesome. Could you? I don't. I don't know if it's secret or because they're still working on it. It's not something that we can really talk about. But I'm curious if you could give us uh, maybe an example of of a story that somebody is working on and like what what that looks like at that stage.
2: Uh, yeah, no, I actually don't think I want to dig into their stories. Uh, Be just for the most part, just because I hadn't talked to them. But um, people in unique situations, and I guess I will share one just because it's so crystal clear a boy at camp who decides he doesn't want to be there and decides to hitchhike away. And mm-hmm. the, the opportunities with that are phenomenal and uh, it's going to be fantastic.
1: I love that, thank you. Thanks for sharing. Um, and I'm wondering, that that might be too broad of a question and maybe not relevant, but having worked with so many people around the US and actually from different countries, uh, have you felt anything specific about the the way people here in New Mexico are approaching um, this workshop, this lab, and like, if there was anything specific about what's happening in New Mexico with the film industry that kind of filtered through uh, your experience with them?
2: One thing that struck me is how many people are working in the industry and that there's an opportunity in New Mexico to develop skills in this industry above or below the line or both that don't exist in a lot of places. And that's, that's a real opportunity because uh, New Mexico and Vermont, I think are very different in many ways, but very similar in a couple of ways. Uh, Rural, a little bit out of the mainstream, have its own culture and vibe, and and a lot of poverty, not a lot of opportunity. And and what I say to people in Vermont, we don't have a tax credit system. We don't have a film commission. It's sort of a, a missing asset here. And what I say to them is, if you can work on a farm, if you can work for a plumbing company, if you can work for an electrician, you can work on a film set and the work is really interesting. And there's a lot of it being made. And I think uh, what New Mexico's done to grab hold of that is really smart and interesting. So that came through. Um, the, the rest of it, I think it was very similar, except that the people we were working with are, were so fresh and working with a small group instead of a big group is just really, really fantastic. So it felt a little bit at the end like we just finished a nice family reunion.
1: I guess my my last question is is a again a broad question for um, people who might be listening and thinking, oh, you know, I I have that idea, that script idea or that movie idea. Um, how would you suggest people go about pursuing that dream? Because we have. S- I feel like there's a landscape that's very rich and complex and devices and screens are accessible. Now, you know, you can make your own movie on your phone and put it on YouTube. It's kind of hard to like get out of the the group. And what would you recommend for somebody who's looking, who wants to make something? What what are good tips or steps to take?
2: Um, The first one is to do the work. So having an idea is very different from writing even a bad first draft but getting it down on paper. And if you don't feel you have the knowledge or the skill to get it down on paper, get the knowledge and the skill. So there are great books. There are programs, whether it's at a community college or um, uh, uh, something like what we run, uh, dig into it and get some exposure um, and then do the work, write it down. Um, once you've written it down, write it again. In, in filmmaking especially, uh, you're never done writing, and you need to rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. Uh, but if you don't get that first draft down, if you don't do the work to see how do I format it, what are some of the basic rules, read a ton of scripts. Um, one of our mentors, he watches all his favorite movies, and then he watches them again and breaks them down, beat by beat, scene by scene does a complete structural analysis um, just for fun. And it's a lot of work. And so my advice is to do the work.
0: Our gratitude to David Rocchio for sharing his story and the work he's doing with independent artists around the world. Where We Meet comes from Taos Center for the Arts in Taos, New Mexico, and is supported by the National Endowment for the Humanities. Producers include Colette LaBeouf, Chelsea Reedy, Alice Morion, Ariana Cubillos-Vogler, and Joshua Aragon. Research and writing by Jacqueline Paul. Any views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this program do not necessarily represent those of the National Endowment for the Humanities. On Where We Meet, we share conversations from New Mexico and beyond. Thanks for listening. Be well. So <smart noise>